Zotime show presented by hoopsandbrews.com. I will be your host for the day, Daniel Belts, and Laker fans, it's still not the greatest time to be a Laker fan. We're four and six, ten games into the season, we're above, we're below five hundred, we're not in the top eight for the Western Conference playoffs, and I don't know, we still look very lost as a team, very lost as individuals as well, with certain players just not progressing the way they should into this year. So we'll talk all about that during the entire podcast today, as well as before we start off with Lakers news, just got some hoops and brews um, news to give a quick shout out as well. Shout out to both TPJ and Pavi. Um, I don't know if you guys have been following along on the Hoops and Brews page, but Pavi is going to be covering the Clippers game tonight, and I mean, that's just awesome. He got media passes for the game. I believe he's going to be up in the press box, and he's going to try to um, interview Derrick Rose. It's going to be one hell of an interview if he can get it. Uh, They're both from Chicago. It's one of Pavi's favorite players, so I mean... Hoops and Brews is making big baller fucking moves very early into the 2018-2019 season, and it's just dope to see. They've been, I believe, doing this for about two years. I joined them along the process about a year ago. This is like my 20, let me check, my 27th or 28th episode, so that's pretty dope as well. So just, it's pretty cool to see us going on the right track, and actually, this is episode number 30, which... Hey, shout out Steph Curry for leading my fantasy basketball team. I believe we're two and one right now, but yeah, just a lot of big moves coming along with the uh, Hoops and Brews media page. And make sure you follow along that on YouTube as well as follow them on Twitter. Follow my Twitter as well at, at Zotime Podcast. If you're listening to this on Dash Radio, big thanks. Wherever you're listening to this, however you're listening to us, just thank you for always listening and continuing to support the brand as well as interacting with the twitter page during laker games it's honestly so fun talking lakers basketball with all of you even though some of you guys are dickheads but it's all right it's expected when you talk about the greatest basketball team of all time like throughout the history of the nba and that's the los angeles lakers so yeah, just shout out to Hoops and Brews, shout out to us, shout out to all of you guys that interact, and yeah, let's just talk about some actual NBA Lakers talk. Um, like I said, we are 4-6, and six. Um, not where I expected us to be. I unfortunately had the dumbass idea to predict the Lakers would start 11-3 and three to start the season, and we're not even going to be close to that. Um I don't even know if we're going to be at 500 when game 14 rolls around. So if you take my predictions and take it to like a betting site or whatever, don't do that. You're going to be wrong. Um, I will always be biased about my Lakers predictions. So I might be off by five to 10 games. Um, last year during the 2017, 2018 season, the Lakers started off five and five. This year we're four and six, so it's kind of weird that we haven't made that step to be a better team yet. Um, and we were five and five last year, and it looked positive to start the year, but then 
injuries happen, trade talk happen, Luke Walton wasn't starting Randall, KCP went to jail, and basically the trains fell off the team last year, but they still got to 35 wins. Um, and this is basically just to tell those dickheads that say, hey, if LeBron didn't come, the Lakers would not have a positive outlook. Um, when you win 35 games with the amount of injuries, with the amount of things the Lakers went through last year, your trajectory, your projection should be going upwards. So we were going to continue the trend of going upwards. So we were going to be shit. So the fact that we have a worse record through 10 games with LeBron than we did without LeBron is kind of opening, like eye-opening. It's um, We expected more. We didn't expect to be 10-0, but come on, like... We were better record-wise last year than we were this year, and we signed one of the greatest players of all time. That should not have happened. We should have gone forward instead of taking two steps back. Um, yes, if the people that aren't accustomed to being a Lakers fan and you just joined maybe this year because LeBron came, we don't care about stats when you lose. Like, we do not. We will overrate your stats and put you on this pedestal when you win but if you're just putting up all these stats in the loss we don't care like it means nothing to us we care about championships not triple doubles if you want to care about stats go be a thunder fan go be a sixers fan go somewhere else if you want to actually care about the outcome of a game stick around it's a beautiful time to be a lakers fan when we are winning because we have the biggest fan base in the entire world, so when we do win, you will see all this shit talking on the timeline, um, at bars with people you interact with, with your friends at school, with whoever you talk to. When the Lakers are winning, it's just a fun, trolley type atmosphere because, again, we have the most fans, so we are going to have those people that take it too far and just clown on the rest of the league, and it's kind of funny to be one of those guys that just gets to sit back and watch instead of actually do that but again we just expected a lot more um yeah real um i had him at 11 and 3 realistically i thought through 14 games like 9 and 5 would be our absolute worst but uh hey <laughs> we've already lost more than five games and i will say the start of the season we did have a very tough schedule. We played nine Western Conference teams, and we played the best team in the East. So, I mean, they are tough games, so I understand that maybe, hey, it's going to take time to gel. It's going to take time for this team to actually be a team. There will be moves made in December, and we've already had one move already happen, and I will talk about that later in the podcast. But, again, like... How do you, how do you, like, I don't want to bash what we have. It's just, I expected this team to be a lot better than what we are. Um, let's see. Like, people online were saying, hey, this is the king. This is the goat. This is LeBron. Um, I don't know, man. I expected a lot more from, from you. I expected... You to close games, to be this, not Kobe-like figure, but just your own figure, but 
I just expect you to close out games, and this season you have not. Um, our issue last year was we couldn't close out games. This year, it's the same, and I was thinking, hey, we got one of the greatest players of all time. Problem solved. But honestly, it just created more problems. Um, and yeah, just because you're great doesn't mean you're going to get a pass from us. Um, for those that followed the NBA 10 years ago, in the media, Kobe got all the blame when we lost, and his teammates got all the praise when we won. Um, Lakers people gave all the praise to everybody and all the blame to everyone when we lost. So, LeBron fans, welcome to L.A. This is what you're going to get from national media. This is what you're going to get from Lakers fans. When your goat fucks up, we will call him out on his shit. Don't tell us that we're lucky that he came. No, we're the fucking Lakers. He's lucky to play for this franchise. There's a difference between the Lakers and LeBron. The Lakers have had these all-time greats. They've had Kareem, Magic, Shaq, Kobe, Pow, Wilt, Jerry. These are all first-name basis-type players. This isn't the Cavs where they are going to worship the fact that he just is even on that team. Nah, once you get a ring, we will worship you in L.A. But until that happens in L.A., you're going to expect to get a lot of criticism. Because us Laker fans, once you win a title, we will put you on this goat-type pedestal that no one can knock you off of. And that's just what the rules are being a Lakers fan. It is, how would you say it? It's a gift and a curse because, like, we are, we have been spoiled. The Lakers have been a very spoiled franchise. So this is just what we expect. And in a couple of months, when we're probably closer to 50 wins than, or 50 to 60 wins, I might look back at this episode and laugh because a lot of the things I'm saying now, like about LeBron, like we need to see more, I expect him to fully show us. Which is why I think all of us Laker fans are hard on LeBron right now, is because we expect this from him. This is what we've seen him do in the playoffs, and he has avoided injury. He looks to be at least in 100% health as he always has. Maybe it's the years getting older. Maybe he's trying to see if other players are going to help him step up and close. I don't know what he's doing. Maybe we should be more patient than what we're showing because... If you look at LeBron's track record with new teams, they start off very slow. But guess what those new teams have done? They've made very deep playoff runs. Maybe we need more patience. Maybe we need to... Because us Laker fans aren't patient. Even when we didn't make the playoffs last five years, we still weren't patient. We didn't care about trusting the process or tanking. Half the Laker fans wanted us to compete and try to make the playoffs in every year. Half of them wanted to tank. So us Laker fans don't use patience all the time. But LeBron, this is the Western Conference. And you could say, hey, maybe the gap between the West and the East is closing, but the Western Conference has won the majority of the NBA titles since 2000. So maybe, no, that gap is not closing. Maybe talent-wise, maybe, but still the best teams are in the West. You got the Warriors. The Rockets are somehow going to snap out of this eventually. You've got the Thunder, who, if they are healthy, pretty good. You have the Nuggets, who we beat. I think they're like 8-1, 9-1. Then you have to have the Spurs, who, for whatever reason, 
are probably going to win closer to 50 games this year because they have Popovich. Then you have the Timberwolves, where if they keep Jimmy, they're going to be great. If they lose Jimmy, they're going to be trash. Um, you have the Pelicans, who have AD. So you have all this talent in the West. You can't afford to be not winning these close games. So again, like you're our closer. I don't know why you're not like closing games the way you should. Also, like stop with that bullshit defense. But again, it's not just you, LeBron. It's our entire team has been playing bullshit defense. And yeah, like we expect more because we are a successful winning championship winning great franchise we're not the Cavs. we're not the heat we expect titles we're not going to kiss your feet because we got to the first round no get us to the freaking championship and then we'll lift you up higher than you can ever imagine if you win a title in la no one will be able to say jordan's better i don't care us laker fans are crazy and then you already have your lebron fans mix those two together you win a title here you're going to be considered the greatest probably athlete in the entire sports world ever so let's get our shit together start making threes start playing defense and let's just figure this shit out now just a quick tangent about the entire lakers roster um that first half against the toronto raptors actually that first quarter was unacceptable like you do not get to play like that like ever that was atrocious you should have been booed off the court. You don't play like that at home. Not with the Lakers on the front of your chest. Have some fucking respect for the Lakers franchise. Don't get blown out like that. Like Have some dignity and respect for your coach who's won two titles. Your GM, Magic Johnson, who's won five. Jeannie Buss, who has been probably a part of the Lakers franchise for, I believe, what, ten of them? who was engaged to Phil Jackson, who won 13 titles. Everyone in the Lakers organization has seen banner after banner after banner. Yet you're down to the Raptors by 30 in the first quarter without Kawhi Leonard? Like, what the fuck are you guys doing? The fact that most of us Laker fans continued to watch that shit. You don't deserve us fans if you play like that in the first quarter at home. Like, you gotta just look up and see the 16 banners that you are lucky to even have the honor of being associated with. Like KCP, bro. Like We've had some great shooting guards come through the Lakers organization. You've got Kobe. You've got Jerry. Hell, even Eddie Jones. Be better than that, man. Like, fuck. You see the fucking na uh, the numbers retired. Have some respect for the GOATs. Losing by 30 to the Raptors, letting Serge Ibaka score 34 points on like 15 of 17 shooting. What the hell happened that game? If I wanted to see the Lakers be around 500 and lose, I would have just said, hey, run it back with Tyler Ennis on the roster. If I wanted to be okay with mediocrity, I'd be a 76ers fan. I'd be a Thunder fan. If I was okay with just blah, I'd be a Magic fan. I'd be a Kings fan. No, I'm a Lakers fan. We expect wins. We are basically the Yankees franchise in the NBA. We expect dominance. We expect titles. That effort against the Raptors, if you ever play like that again, I will not have any problem with Coach Luke Walton or Magic Johnson deciding to ship and trade your ass. This goes for everyone on the roster.
Do not play like that shit again. Have some pride for your families, for the paycheck you get. Just don't ever play like that again. That was just atrocious. That was not fun watching. After seeing my Broncos lose a couple hours before on a missed field goal, that was just not how I wanted the night to end on a Sunday. That's just a shitty way to start your like work week, too. Waking up Monday morning realizing your Lakers look like complete ass against the Raptors without Kawhi Leonard. I would understand if it was with Kawhi because Kawhi is probably going to be maybe the MVP this year and maybe Defensive Player of the Year, but they didn't even have Kawhi. Instead, they had like Pascal Siakam, OG Ananaboy, Jonas Valanciunas, Kyle Lowry, and Sabaka just demoralized us. And Sabaka hasn't been that good since the 2012 NBA Finals. So just play with some heart next time. Um, let's see. Do a quick recap about the Blazer game, just going over a couple specifics. Thank God that uh, streak is over. Um, for whatever reason, Blazer fans like to be spicy and act like this 16-game regular season streak was like this amazing feat that trumps all the titles the Lakers won. Well, guess what? It doesn't. They're regular season games. And with the, what, I think it spanned four to five years. With the four to five years that this streak expanded on, I think you guys made it out of the first round, what, once? So basically, you guys, what, played four to five more games per year than us and lost? And you're going to be talking this spicy when the Blazers account even said the Lakers, or the Blazers are 16-1 and one in the last 17 games, which I, being the genius that I am, responded to the Blazers. I'm like, thanks for letting us know the title discrepancy as well because the Lakers have 16 and the Blazers have one. I don't know why a team account would set them up so easily, but they did, and that's just whatever. That 16-game streak, though, felt like a death sentence. It felt like, hey, you knew if we played the Blazers, it was probably going to be a loss. But for whatever reason, Dame hasn't had the greatest of shooting nights against the Lakers. And I know he did score 30 points in the the last game, but he was shooting like shit until the fourth quarter. And then that comeback they tried to do against us just fell short because the gap was already too wide. And I don't know. We are terrible in the fourth quarters against every team, and it's just that's also not acceptable. Nothing this year has been pretty, except for the um, Phoenix Suns game, but... I don't really count that game because the Phoenix Suns are like the JV team in the NBA. I don't know why so many NBA writers and NBA media thought that the Phoenix Suns could have a shot at the playoffs. It seems like every year they always fall in love with the Phoenix Suns. They have some infatuation with Devin Booker who, hey, he's a great scorer, but there's more to the NBA than just scoring. and. I don't know why they continue to fall into this trap with him being there. Hey, they might be good this year when they're just not. And I don't know how to repeat that enough about the Phoenix Suns, and they just look like a JV team. Uh, they definitely screwed up with their pick with Dragon Bender. Josh Jackson doesn't look like he improved going into year two. Uh, DeAndre Ayton does look pretty well for a offensive rookie, but again, that's just offense. Um Everyone else on their team besides Devin Booker, I don't even know if they're going to be in the league in a couple years. 
Um, Trevor Ariza hasn't been the savior that they needed at the small forward position. Um, I believe they also have Ryan Anderson, who, if you watched the NBA playoffs last year, can't play a lick of defense. And, yeah, so that's the only win that the Lakers have that looked pretty, that looked like they looked dominant. But, again, it was against a team that should be in the G League. Um, but beating the Blazers, that was the top three seed last year. So the, pl- the blueprint is there for this team to be good. Like, we beat the three seed from last year in their building. And if we weren't fourth quarter fuck-ups as well, we might have won the other game in Portland to start the season. Because we had a huge lead in the first quarter as well. Things looked good, and then we just collapse. For whatever reason, this Lakers team just likes to collapse. And like I said, the blueprint is there, but we're just fuck-ups. We don't know what's going on this year. Um, The IQ on this team is too high for us to be this dumb. So things need to be fixed. Things need to be worked around. Things just need to get better before I lose my goddamn mind. Because I, again, did not want this season to be a below 500 season. I do not want us to miss the playoffs because if we do miss the playoffs, teams are going to have so much jokes at our expense. If we don't make the playoffs, who the hell would want to come to LA to play with LeBron? Like, why would you come here if we can't even make the playoffs with them? So there are just so many ramifications that might happen if we are just shitty this year. So I'm praying, I'm wishing, I'm doing whatever voodoo fucking positive shit I can do to make sure that the Lakers do not miss the playoffs. Um... But I guess even though we are fuck-ups, every game has been close outside of that Raptor game, and there hasn't been a night where everyone's been active, where everyone's played well together. So I'm still waiting for that to happen, because once that happens, I feel like it'll snowball this positive effect going on to the rest of the season, and I feel once that does happen, we might have like a 10-20 game win streak, maybe like 15. I haven't seen a 15-game Laker winning streak in so long, so hey... I hope it fucking happens. Now, after um, that was just a quick recap of the two games that happened this weekend. Um, We have a couple of days off before we play again on Wednesday, and I believe that's against the Jimmy Butler-led Timberwolves. And, hey, Jimmy, please sit out. If you would have sat out last game, you probably would have won, so please sit out. But, again, we just played the Raptors without Kawhi, and we lost, so who the fuck knows. It is now time for your Wild Lakers hot take of the week. And again, I'm not going to be... Actually, fuck it. I'll be bold. If this team ever figures it out, and I mean on the defensive side of the ball and the half-court offense late in the fourth quarter, if we ever figure out how to do those two things correctly, we have a chance to upset a lot of people in the playoffs outside of the Warriors. Because we have the personnel, right? We have LeBron James. And for a LeBron James-led team, he showed you last year in the playoffs, home court doesn't matter. Also, he showed you, outside of Golden State, if the other team, the other team will not have a better player than LeBron James on the court. I hope that continues to stay true, but I don't know. He hasn't looked like a top five NBA player this year, more like number six. I want to say like what? AD, Kawhi, Giannis, Steph, and KD. Those might be the five players that are outplaying LeBron this season. Two of those in the West, two of those on the same team, 
and then AD. But I believe the Lakers have enough surrounding talent to beat the Pelicans. So LeBron has a chance to be the best player on the court every night in the Western Conference playoffs until we face the Warriors and most likely the Conference Finals. But in order to get to the Western Conference Finals, we have to figure out what the hell we're doing on defense. It is... We have too much of a high Q. We have too much of good individual defenders sometimes that can do things well for us to be that bad on defense. We shouldn't be the team that gives up 120, 130 points per night. Yes, I know we play fast, so the score is going to be a little bit higher than what it normally should be, but we have the defenders. We have Lonzo. We have Ingram, who... Hey, his length has affected a lot of other people's shots at the shooting guard position this year once he became the starting shooting guard. Um, Josh Hart is a good low post defender. Um, KCP, when he doesn't have his head in his ass, is a really good perimeter defender. JaVale is leading the league in blocks, so we have some defensive-minded people. We also have a lot of smart people in the half court, but... Those smart people like Rondo just decide to pound the rock for 18 seconds and then assist hunt. And I'm tired of assist hunting on this team. Why I like Lonzo Ball dictating things on the offense is you see a lot of movement. You see a lot of free-flowing things happening out there. I don't know if you guys watch other NBA teams, but if you watch the Lakers, you will see we just don't move. Two, three people stand in the corner. One person comes to set a pick for LeBron, and that's basically our offense in the fourth quarter. If you watch other teams, you see the ball moving. You see people moving. You see players getting set up for open shots. In L.A., it's drive and kick in the fourth quarter, and if they do a good job on stopping LeBron, he's going to pass it to someone with one second on the clock left, and they ex LeBron expects... Kuzma to make a shot with a hand in his face with one second left. That is not how you play good team basketball. That's how you pad your own stats. And we just need a more free-flowing, team-involved offense late in the fourth. And that's all on Luke Walton to figure out. That's The players can only do so much. If you're setting them up in incorrect positions, don't be surprised when the result isn't what you want. And it's not just LeBron that does that. It's also Ingram as well at times. It's Rondo as well at times. It never happens to seem like it's Lonzo because he never holds the ball that long. Um, we just have a lot of issues in the fourth quarter, like personnel-wise. We still haven't figured out which unit should close. Um, or at least Luke Walton has it. Us Laker fans have an idea of who we want on the court. But if none of those players is willing to be a small ball five and actually put enough effort into being that small ball five on the defensive side, we're going to have a lot of problems. But if we can figure out all of those flaws, we will be straight. We will be this team that makes a lot of noise in the playoffs. Um, so yeah, that is my Lakers hot take. If we ever figure this shit out, which hopefully we do, we will be very scary in the playoffs. Maybe that means we make a move at the deadline. Maybe that means we wait until the buyout period and just sign these players once that happens. We will see. We will continue to... I'll actually bookmark this take because I really don't believe it's that wild of a hot take, but you never know with the Lakers, especially this season. 
Now let's get to the King Era, the King Era in Staples, and this is just going to be a continuation of how I was talking about LeBron to start this podcast. I admit it, I am a Kobe fan, and I guess you can call me a Kobe stan, but I'm a Kobe fan that appreciates the greatness of LeBron. It's just, I want him to be great on the Lakers rather than care about his greatness in the past, if that makes sense. Because yes, he's been an MVP, he's been a three-times finals MVP, he's been a three-time champion, he's been a gold medal winner, but guess what, that didn't happen with the Lakers. What I have seen with the Lakers, though, is I'm 26. I've been spoiled. I saw Shaq dominate. I saw Kobe dominate. I've seen highlights and game film of Magic dominating. I've seen the same for Kareem. These are my goats. These are who I worship, respect, put on this pedestal. Why? Is because I'm a Laker fan that only cares about Laker greatness. I will put you on this plateau of a godlike figure once you win a championship in the purple and gold. Um, it takes a lot to impress us Laker fans. Like, we are a very hard uh, fan base to please. Maybe that makes it... Maybe we're not fair to you, but again, if you look at our track, that's like, um, how would you say it? Say Miss USA has dated nothing but... That's just a terrible comparison. There almost really isn't a comparison. We can kind of use the Yankees where, um, who was it? They just traded for, was it Giancarlo? I don't know. I really don't follow baseball. I really don't fuck with baseball. But I know the Yankees always have a superstar type player on their team because they have the biggest payroll. Um, oh, we can use Aaron Judge. They probably don't care that much for Aaron Judge right now because none of the shit he's doing is resulting in titles what they do care about is mariana rivera's legacy jeter's babe ruth's um i believe reggie jackson played for the yankees in the 70s they care about these guys yeah he played because his nickname was mr mr october they don't care what judge is doing from now cool you can hit all these home runs but they've had players hit more home runs that resulted in titles we don't give a fuck about stats we care about individual wins team wins so right now, LeBron, I need more. I know your team started out slow. I know you turn it, around at, at, turn it around at the end. This isn't Cleveland. We're not grateful. We need results. Now, there's a plus-minus stat floating around the NBA with LeBron where the Lakers are positive with him off the court and negative with him on the court. I don't buy into that shit. He is a main reason why we're in some of these games that we are, but he's also a reason why we lose some of these games as well. If you just look at stats, like I know a lot of people do, you're going to be like, well, how is that so? And I'm going to say, just watch the game. Watch him rotate on defense. Watch him not close out. Now, again, this isn't just a LeBron problem. This is a team-wide problem. But if your best player starts closing out, starts playing better on defense... Don't you think him as a leader, the others will follow? That's why I'm so harsh on LeBron. We were harsh on Kobe as well when we weren't winning. We needed more from Kobe. But when you do win, that's when you get the praise, the everything. That's when we are unnecessarily loyal to those winners that we've had in this franchise. That's why we probably overrate Fisher's legacy, why we overrate Ori's legacy, why we overrate Powell's legacy, why we overrate Kobe's legacy, why we overrate... Odom's legacy. 
Once you win, we will overrate the hell out of you. We're like one of those people that probably talks about the Roman Empire daily, that just marvels at it and builds it up. That's kind of how us Laker fans are once you win a championship in L.A. We will act like you're Thor, basically, out there. And it really has been a crazy first 10 games with him in L.A. He's still averaging 27-7-7, and and he's hitting 50% of his shots from the field. For me to be this critical of you and you still to average that, that is insane because not a lot of people can average 27-7-7. But again, with the pace of the NBA, with everyone averaging crazy stats, Zach Levine might be averaging 30 points right now, so it's and he's not a great player, so... I'm not going to be just impressed with some like juiced up stats. We're basically in the NFL era because Matthew Stafford probably averages 5,000 yards a year and he's a trash ass quarterback. So LeBron, we need wins, not just empty stats. And I believe those wins are going to come. And don't worry, LeBron fans that listen to this podcast, when we do start winning, when we do go on this crazy winning streak as harsh as i am now about lebron i will be just as pleasant and praising of his actual nba talent what he's doing on the court what he's leading off of it how he's produced i will praise that just as much as i am right now as critiquing him it goes both ways when you win and when you lose that's what you guys lack when you guys lose you blame everyone else when you guys win, it's only him. Us Laker fans look at the entire picture. And I will criticize the rest of the Lakers later down on the team portion pod, uh, team portioned segment of this podcast. So it's not like I'm just singling out LeBron. But I am going to single out the leader because the troops will follow the leader. So that's why we need him to set an example for him to be this GOAT type figure. Help us out and then we will help you out. Um... Like I said, we don't cheer for 30-point triple-doubles here. They're nice. They're great to look back on. But unless you win, we don't give a shit. We are the Lakers. We need more, LeBron. We need that three-point percentage of yours to rise. We need you to at least give a damn on defense. Um, Because, hey, even if you're getting beat by your man, as long as you try, that's easier to... um, look past them when you just don't care. And I've seen that rub off on Kuzma a couple of times. I've seen that rub off on Lonzo a couple of times where they just don't care about getting back on defense or rotating over. They just stand where they are, look at the shot go in, and then run back on offense and try to do something individually. This is a team-wide effort. Um, you're the guy we paid four years, 150 whatever million dollars to be the face of the franchise for the next four years. I also don't care if you party after the game or drink a ton of wine on your off days. I would too. You're in LA. There's going to be a lot of parties everywhere. Just win the games, go out. Who cares? I don't care if you fucking smoked on off days either. Just win some fucking basketball games. It's all we need. It's all we care about, man. Now let's head to the big shit popping and little shit stopping portion of this podcast. And I'm just going to fucking rapidly fire these out because... I've got quite a bit of them today. Um, first stop, 
in the little shit stopping portion of this podcast is Rondo is still getting more minutes than Lonzo. And I understand it in that Blazer game. But in all the other nine games, hell no. I don't. Ronald doesn't deserve to get more minutes than Lonzo. I don't care if he averages the amount of assists he gets per game. He assist hunts. It's tiring. Lonzo could average 10 assists per game if he assist hunt, hunted as well. But he doesn't. He plays team basketball. Um, next portion, or next... Uh, point of emphasis is the defensive effort and lack of communication. It is terrible. It definitely does look like none of our guys played together before this year. We don't seem to give a damn about defense. It shows in the box score. No one seems to care to talk to someone else. They just like to sulk, put their head down after we get scored on. It's disheartening. I thought with the amount of leaders we had in this team, with the amount of champions that joined our team in the offseason... We'd be better than this, but I guess we're not. Um, next point is lack of rebounding. The Raptors killed us on the glass. We've been getting killed on the glass almost all season. We need more of a team effort in the rebounding category. Just box out your man. Stop leaking out. This is what Magic told Luke, and this is what Luke relayed to the team. Stop leaking out. Get the fucking board. Prevent the um, opposing team from getting another chance to score. Um, next point, we let Serge Ibaka look like Prime Shaq. That is embarrassing. That is, that should not happen. Ibaka has been passed around the league after the 2012-2013 Thunder season. I think he went to, what, the Magic? And then he went to the Raptors. And I guess he stayed there, so he hasn't been passed around that much. But he hasn't produced like that ever. I think that was his career high in points and probably field goal percentage as well. Um, losing to the Raptors without Kawhi, unacceptable. That's just, again, that should not happen with the amount of talent we have on this team. Um, and the last part of the little shit stopping portion of this podcast is Kuzma, LeBron, KCP, and Ingram. You are all not shooting well from three. For this to work, for this Lakers team to be where it needs to be, we need all of you to shoot above 34% from three. Ingram shoots, Ingram shoots 33%, right? Kuzma, LeBron, and KCP all shoot below 30%. For the amount of talent you guys have, that should not happen. It's a 10-game stretch as well, so it's a pretty decent amount of sample size. KCP shooting like 21%, which is one out of every five. Yikes. Um, Kuzma, it's very surprising that you're not shooting well from three because a lot of them are open looks after LeBron finds you. And LeBron. A lot of the threes you're taking are from like Fresno or Bakersfield, so I get it. But we just need you to be above 30%, man, because people got to respect you from three. You can drive past them and finish in the rim or dish it very easily once that happens. So work on the threes as a team. Don't lose to a team without its best player. Stop letting role players look like a all-star Rebound better, try harder on defense, and play Lonzo more than Rondo. Now for the big shit popping portion of this um, segment. Out of our four wins, two of them are very solid. We beat the Blazers, who are a three seed last year. And we beat the Nuggets, who are a... Probably right now a top five team in the league, plus they're missing some players. So, 
like the Nuggets just beat the Celtics. Um, no, the Nuggets play the Celtics tonight. And I am positive that the Nuggets are probably going to beat the Celtics. Um, the Nuggets also beat the Warriors. We beat the Nuggets, so that's a very good win. Um, we also haven't lost to a non-playoff team from last year. Everyone we've lost to made the playoffs. That's the Spurs, Timberwolves. That's what, three? We lost to the Blazers. We lost to the Raptors. And we lost to the Rockets. All playoff teams from last year. We also kept it close outside of the Raptor game. So we're not that far off from being this good team. We just need more time to adapt as a team to get familiar in practice, run sets, actually run an offense, not just pick up basketball out there. And yeah, we should be a very good team since we started off the season with a tough schedule. We didn't do terrible. We kept it close, and we are 4-6. and six. So it's very... Um, how would you say it? I'm very concerned about where the season might go. But if we play like that, if that's the worst we can play through 10 games, the rest of the season is going to be a cakewalk. Um, next point is that Lonzo seems to have found his three-point shot. It looks beautiful. 10 games through, he's shooting 41% from deep. It looks like, hey, even though he was not able to work on a lot of things from his game this offseason... He at least improved his efficiency from deep and his efficiency from the floor. I believe he's shooting 46% from the field right now. I don't believe he's taken a free throw in three games, so I think his free throw percentage is still at 60%. So, hey, whatever you want to say, that a lot of people want to hate on Lonzo with his negative net rating, and they compare it to Rondo's, and this idiot blocked me on Twitter for calling him out. Um, this idiot, Sam... Amic, Amic, whatever the fuck your name is. Um, he posted this story after the Blazer-Laker game showing Rondo's stats and him being a plus on the court and showing Lonzo's stats from that game and being a negative. After the um, Raptors game, when Lonzo had the better stats, the better plus-minus rating, the um, more efficient shooting night, and Rondo had the lesser of good nights i asked him hey what about stats from tonight and he blocked me when i just asked him a simple question if you're going to um put out fluff pieces if you're going to put out these clickbait whatever fucking articles and try to pen this rondo should be playing over lonzo type thing don't block someone if they just ask you hey what are the stats what are the stats from tonight like keep it Keep that same energy with both ways. Don't just be a one type of player. If you kept up with my feed on Saturday night versus the Blazers, I was totally welcome to the idea of Rondo playing more that game. I totally understood it. He played a thousand times better than what Lonzo did that night. But throughout the season, in my opinion, Lonzo has played better. But if Rondo is shooting lights out for that game and Lonzo is not, I understand Luke letting Rondo play more. I'm not going to have these Lonzo goggles on. I saw it that night that Rondo was playing better. I understood that night. So if you can't keep that same energy, why are you an NBA writer? You're just a dick-sucking whatever you are. Um, also, second to last point in the big shit popping uh, 
portion is the schedule gets a lot easier in the next 10 games. Like our first 10 games, very tough. Next 10 games, this is who we have. Kings, Hawks, Heat, Cavs, Blazers, Wolves, Jazz, Nuggets, and the Magic twice. Um, there's at least five automatic wins right there. We've already beaten the Nuggets. We've already beaten the Blazers. We also get to play the Blazers at home. Um, the Jazz, there's um, Donovan Mitchell might be hurt. Jimmy might not play for the Wolves. So there is a very good chance we could go 8-2 and two on this next 10-game schedule. A lot of winnable games on the upcoming 10-game schedule. This 10-game forecast. And we should be above 520 games into the season. If we are not, expect these episodes on these O-Time podcasts to be very, very dark and very angry. Last year, I was not angry at all. I understood what the Lakers were doing. If we're in win-now mode and we aren't winning... I will be very hard to deal with. Also, shout out Kyle Kuzma. Um, LeBron needed a close to 20 points per game scorer on this team. You've stepped up. You're at 19 points and 5 boards per game. You're shooting 49% from the field. You just need to be better from 3, and you need to at least give a damn and try on defense. If you can make that improvement with your 3-point shot, and the defensive side of the ball. We will be scary. Kuzma, you will be a couple-time all-star if you can just fix the um, fix the things that you're not good at. And even if you don't and just become a more efficient scorer, you might win a six-man of the year or you're not even a six-man right now. So never mind that. But if you ever do come off the bench... You could be a six-man-of-the-year winner. Now let's get into the player segment um, portion of this podcast. And I'm going to kind of not have uh, a player today, but it's going to be more or less the center position segment. And that is who we are playing at center and what's going on right now and who we just signed. JaVale McGee, you are proving a lot of people wrong. You were... One of the best signings that we had last year. You are playing incredible. Um, You're kind of changing the narrative on just being a lob finisher and this Shackton type character. You still do a lot of dumb shit per game. It might just be in your DNA, but you're showcasing your talent. You're showcasing what you can bring to a team. And you're rewarding Luke Walton for having some trust in you. Through the first 10 games in the NBA season... JaVale, you are leading the league in blocks at 3.4 per game. You're also scoring 14.4 points and getting 7.5 boards on 61% from the field. That's very good. That's what, 14, 7, and 3? That is very good from a vet men signing. You might get more next year based off of what you're doing this year. Um... Only complaint with you would be pick and roll defense, and you got to stop taking fadeaway shots around the rim. Just because you get a post up opportunity doesn't mean you need to take it. That's probably my only complaints with you, Javil. You're doing everything else correctly. When you do get beat, sometimes you do recover and are able to still block their shot. Um, you also need to close out on your man a lot better when it's a stretch five you're playing against. 
I know you want to be in the paint and help us out with blocking shots, but sometimes we need you just to stick with your man. We have Ingram and LeBron who have length enough to contest other shots. So I know you want to play great team basketball, but sometimes you still need to be an individual defender as well. And I am so excited that you actually have Tyson Chandler backing you up now. Tyson, we only need 10 minutes. Um, because JaVale will probably still be around 26 to 28 minutes per game. We will probably go small ball for 10 minutes a game. So Tyson, we need 10 to 12 minutes per game from you. I know you're like 36, 37. You didn't really play that well last year for the, the Suns. You really haven't played that well this year for the Suns, but hopefully a change of scenery, some actual talent around you kind of inspires you to play how you did for the 2011 Mavericks. Um, yeah, we just need you to kind of replicate what JaVale's doing out there, which is block shots around the rim, catch lobs, and set good screens. You're a pretty impressive physical specimen, so... I hope that you're able to do this. Um, we'll see. I also believe that's a reason why Magic and company weren't so pressed to find a backup center going into the season because I believe they were either going to trade for Tyson Chandler or wait till the buyout season. Luckily, we didn't have to wait until February for the buyout to happen. It happened very early in the season. We're still in the early, early months of the NBA season. It's the first week of November, and the fact that you already got bought out and will be playing for us probably on Wednesday. Great signing for the Lakers. We patch up one area of weakness. Hopefully Tyson's able to return to his shot-blocking form in LA. And let's see, so JaVale around 28 minutes per game, Tyson 10, and even if we don't go small, maybe Zubak gets five to ten minutes a game maybe jonathan williams gets five to ten minutes a game or maybe mo who has yet to play for the lakers gets that five to ten minutes per game minutes as well um chandler gives us an option now though we actually have like people to pick from on the bench like uh after tyson went to the bench our options were scary or scarce mo was hurt Zubak was in a funk, so we had to play J-Will. Now we have options. If Luke can, plus, can press the right button, hey, if he needs a shooting big, put out Mo. If he needs a shot-blocking big, put out um, Tyson when JaVale comes out. If he wants a player that can do a bit of both, put in J-Will. If you need a kind of scoring center, put in Zoo. So now we have a bunch of balance, a bunch of depth at the center position that we didn't have before this Tyson Chandler signing. So great job, Magic and Polinka. Great job, Luke, for getting this player here. And hopefully our defense doesn't die when JaVale leaves the court, which is why I just need basically Tyson to play as hard as he can for 10 minutes to replicate the effort JaVale gives out there. And hell, if he plays great for 10 minutes, maybe you lengthen that to 12 to 15. And then you can bring JaVale's minutes down to 25 to where he's more engaged during the 25 minutes he's on the court instead of asking him to play 28 to 30. So maybe he can give more of his effort in a smaller window if we have more backup options. Now let's get to the team segment. And this is going to be the 
This is the rant session. If I know I've been ranting almost the entire time because I am just not pleased with where we are right now, but... And I was also hinting at this earlier when I said in the LeBron portion of this podcast that I will rant on everyone and I will kind of rip what everyone's doing. And I need more from everyone on this team. We'll start with Lonzo. I need more energy every night. Um, some games you're very engaged. You're hustling up and down the court. You're attacking the rim. You're picking up full court on defense. And some nights you just look like you're just there to pass the ball, go stand in the corner, and disappear. We need engaged Lonzo. When you are engaged, we are a very hard team to beat. And I believe Luke Walton notices that. He just wants you to be this kind of like energy ball that just people feed off of. Ingram, you can't be fucking contesting, or you can't be doing contested mid-range jumpers all night. You need to add something else to your game. Get to the rim and finish. When you do take the contested mid-range shots, make them. Um, we need you to start making your three-point shots as well. You're doing okay on defense. You're using your length to affect other people's shots. Uh, sometimes you still do look lost. Like the whole team does look lost sometimes on rotations and team defense. Hopefully that fixes as time goes on. Kuzma, where's the defense? Like, I don't see any sort of defensive effort from you at all, which is crazy because you are so engaged, so great on offense. You always seem to be cutting at the right time. You always seem to find the open spot around the three-point line at the right time. You can do all these moves with um, like the sky hook, the Kobe mid-range shots. You have excellent footwork, so it's just crazy where you have all these skills and you're so, like your offensive game is so magnificent where your defensive game is so trash. So we need you to at least try on defense, Kuzma. We just need some effort. And you have shown some effort in stretches. Um, I believe you blocked Damian or CJ in the last game against the Blazers, and that was cool. But we just need that every night. Hart, you are a better defender than what you are showing. You should not be getting burned every single time. And with Hart, it's... I don't know if you watch enough tape to put you in the correct positions because you always look off balance when someone drives past you or... Yeah, like it's just weird. You are you were a pretty good defender at Villanova. You are a great post defender against bigs, but for whatever reason you struggle on perimeter defense, and we need you to set that up. Rondo, um, stop assist hunting, and we need that Blazers effort every night because some games you just go in there and you're almost like a black hole, meaning you're gonna get the ball and it's just gonna disappear for 18 seconds. And, yeah, against the Blazers, that was happening, but you were shooting like Kobe. So, hey, if you're going to dribble, 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 you need to produce. So we need that Blazers game every night. And lastly, not lastly, Luke, Lonzo needs more minutes. Figure out your rotations. Run some actual NBA sets, and that'll be it for you. Um, KCP, do whatever it takes to get your basketball powers back. I'm tired of you looking like a G League player getting paid $12 million a year on this team. Um, if you continue to play like a G League player, Svi will take your minutes. And he played pretty well against uh, the Raptors in the fourth when we made our 
run in the fourth quarter with Lonzo, Svi, Hart, Ingram, Kuz. So, hey, if you don't play well, you're not going to see the floor. And JaVale, we just need better pick and roll coverage. Zvi, we need you to make your shots because you are a shooter at Kansas and you're not making any now. <sighs> Sorry, I just needed some water. Um, And this is for the team. We need, we need more communication. We need everyone to take practices seriously. We need to see results in your overall potential. We need to see it actually be obtainable. We all see the flashes. We just need conti- uh, consistency. We won't be shit as a team until we are consistent. We need you dudes. We need people like hitting their averages. This is what Pavi kind of like talked about last year in the NBA Finals when he was talking about a LeBron-led team. We just need people to hit their averages so like LeBron can kind of rely on people getting that per game, so he doesn't have to be this Herculean effort every single uh, every single night. I just want to see the team win and the streets and to see it as well. And let's get to the prediction time uh, prediction time um, segment. I was wrong about last week's prediction. I expected the Lakers to go one and two, but I was gladly wrong. We went two and one. We did beat the Mavericks like I expected us to, but we also beat the Blazers, who I predicted us to lose to. I did not think we would win against the Blazers because we had lost sixteen and it was in Portland. And I didn't think we'd beat the Raptors, which we didn't. But we beat the Blazers. We went two and one. So yay us. We're not three and seven. We're four and six. This week I will just predict some stats, like an individual stat line. I expect LeBron to have a 40 point night. Like 48 and 8. But the main thing is it'll come in a win. And that's all that matters. I also believe that Lonzo will score. At least 18 points in one of the games this week. I don't know which game, but I have a feeling that he's just going to score well against one of these cakewalk teams that we have coming up. Maybe it'll be against the Kings with the Lonzo De'Aaron showdown, and he just kind of wants to send a message to the rest of the NBA. And shockingly, I'm predicting that we play very good defense this week. It might just be because of the the teams we're playing. Or it might just be that we had a two-day layoff from Sunday to Wednesday with no games. Hopefully we had a couple of practices to kind of gel together some of the issues that we're facing. So I am predicting a very good week defensively. This has been Daniel Belts. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope you guys are interacting with the Twitter page every single day. It's at Zotime Podcast. Um, make sure you follow Hoops and Brews as well on Twitter on Instagram, on SoundCloud, on Apple Podcasts, and as well as YouTube. You're going to be finding a lot of their newest uh, videos more on their individual YouTube page, which is Hoops and Brews Media. So go ahead and follow that. And just thank you wherever you're hearing this from and wherever you, like, whether it's from SoundCloud, Podcasts, um, wherever. Just big thanks. Uh, This is very enjoyable talking to you guys every week. And... Hopefully, by the next time you hear from me, the Lakers will be above 500. And that's it for tonight, man. Go Lakers.